What is up, B.A. family, and welcome to another episode of the Breathe in Air podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. I'm your host, Mason Bendigo, and thank you all so much for tuning in to another week. Have there ever been times when you got complacent in a relationship, when that spark that you initially had in the quote-unquote honeymoon phase seemed to fade away? Well, Keith Yaki felt that in his own relationship, in his own marriage, so much so that he about lost it. He then went on a mission to help married men and men alike be able to help win back their wife's attention so that that passion is restored and your partner wants to have sex with you again. MarriedGame.com is not the only business that Keith has grown into a successful entity and helped change lives. He actually made his fortune early on in the real estate business and has an extensive knowledge in how to find success, not only in business, but also in life, in our relationships, which are some of the most precious things that we have on this earth. Keith is energetic, knowledgeable, and ready to help you level up your relationships in your life in today's episode. You are in for a treat. If you want to hear more from Keith, you can find him at Keith Yaki on Instagram. You can go to marriedgame.com to learn more about the program that he runs. If it's your first time here today, welcome. We are here at Breathe and Air, the BA family to help you optimize your life mentally, physically, and spiritually. If you haven't already, go check us out at Breathe and Air Pod. And thank you for checking out the show today. It means the world to have you here, and this is why we do the show. Without further ado, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you the founder of MarriedGame.com, Mr. Keith. Yo, what's up, Mason? Thanks for having me on, man. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, you've you've had an awesome story, awesome journey. And as I was telling you pre-show, I came across one of your podcasts that you did with Taylor Welsh. Welsh's last name? Is that Welsh, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I was blown away. I was like, wow, this guy's had so much success. And his perspective on life is so aligned with a lot of the things that I find to be true. So Tell me a little bit about, you know, how you began down this road from entrepreneurship to now helping other men. All right. So uh, I got into real estate, made a bunch of money, created some businesses around that. And um, five and a half years ago, my wife was, we were about ready to move into our dream home and uh, she FaceTimed me. I was at a mastermind with some of my friends and she goes, Hey, um, I'm going to help you move in, but I'm not staying. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, man, you, 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 you run your business all day. You come home and you come home and talk about your business and you fall asleep on the couch. And I've asked you to change, but this isn't what we signed up for. So I was living in Las Vegas at the time, moving into this house in Las Vegas. And she says, I'm, I'm going to go to California and be about my parents and my brother and, and hang out with my family. But, we're done. Wow. And instantly the light bulb went on. Oh shit. This is at least 95% my fault. And that's, it's, that's when I saw clearly, wow, I've got everything every dude wants on this earth, except a wife that wants to be around him. And so she left. And I, I, dude, I, I messed this thing up. I'm now sitting in at this point, you know, a couple of days later we move in. Uh, I move in, she helps me move in. Cause she's like, you suck at that stuff. Right. And, uh, I'm sitting in this gorgeous house all alone. 
And dude, it just rocked my entire world. And that's, that was the genesis of what happened. And it just, it was so painful. I mean, bro, I'd go to the gym for like six hours a day. I'd hit the sauna for 20 minutes, swim a thousand laps, go do chest day, walk around the track, hit the sauna, do more laps, go to another chest day. Like it was just, I couldn't think of anything else. I don't even know how my business stayed. I mean, I had a great team. So that's how my business continued to keep going. I just, I'm like, I have been with hundreds of women before I met this gal. And the one that I actually want to keep doesn't even want to be around me. And it, and she basically said, and, and this was the biggest kicker of it all. My life would be better without you in it. And I had all these great friends and clients that all loved me. I'm like, no, I'm lovable. She's like, well, <laughs> not to the two people that are closest to you. And that was it. That flipped the switch. I hired three coaches to how to get her back. It took me a while to get her back. But once she came back, it was time for us to, 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 to figure out how. Time for me to figure out how to be actually a, a great dude that my wife would never want to leave. And then it built from there. I want to hone in on that point that you just said this crazy thing happened in your life and you were hit with a harsh reality. And the first thing that you did was hire three coaches. What was yeah. going through your mind at that point? And why did you do that? Well, everything I've ever tried to do, like when I wanted to get in shape, you know, back when I was younger, uh, I, I don't, I've always kind of believed in coaching. Like, you know, if somebody can, has already done it, then they know the way, like, just show me the blueprint. And I've always kind of had this mentality. If you just give me the 17 steps to do this, I can probably follow them and figure it out. And so once I realized I was done, she was gone. It was just like, well, I don't know anybody that's got their wife back, but there's gotta be somebody on YouTube. So you jump on YouTube and you, you see all these personalities on how to get your wife back. And I must've watched this one dude had like 93 YouTube videos. And I for sure watched them all on the first day. <laughs> And then I'm like, well, I need to hire that guy. And then I saw another one. I'm like, well, I need to hire her. And then I saw another one. I'm like, well, I need to hire that guy. I was just like, I, it, it, I, and, and then at that point, I had been a coach. I had coached people on how to make millions of dollars in real estate. And, and the only reason I knew how to make million dollars in real estate was because I hired a coach back then. Like, it's always been the model. Hire a coach, learn, get where you want to go, master their program until you become the master. And then you can create your own and, and go that way. So I just like kind of knew like, I don't obviously know what I'm doing here. Picking up chicks and sleeping them with them the first night, no problem. Right. I wasn't interested in that anymore. I was interested in actually building a relationship with my daughter and my wife. Yeah, that's what do you think? It seems so simple when we play it back in our minds, but what do you think that barrier is in our mind where we decide that, hey, maybe I need to figure this out on my own or where, where is the hesitation to not reach out and hire a coach or not reach out and, you know, be authentic and be vulnerable in those times where we really need the help? I think our culture probably says you're a man, figure it out. And I don't think the school system in America has done anybody any good in terms of, hey, you want to learn something about the real world? Oh, you can get a teacher for that because we all went through school and realized we don't know anything about the real world, but we can do algebra, which doesn't help anybody. <laughs> so I think there's just, and not to mention the mentor apprenticeship type thing. You, you don't see a lot of that in the modern world, especially in America. So I, I don't think that it's actually, it, we just, it's not very prevalent around us. So we don't understand it, but I am so glad that I knew that if you wanted to get from point A to point B faster and with less pain, you hire a coach. So I, I, I was glad I got that kind of early on when I was about 19 or 20. That's when I hired my first coach to show me how to do something. And I was kind of a believer ever since then. You started as a carpenter early in your career, and then you ended up selling a lot of these houses. What was the mindset that really flipped the switch for you to say, I want to take my potential and take what I think I can do and maximize this? I hated working for somebody. I literally hated that if I showed up to the job site three minutes late, they would ridicule me and make me feel like shit and then go, hey, go park in the back lot. You can't park a bit. I hated that. Um, mentality. 
And um, so I was like, dude, I was like making $85,000 a year as like a, a lead kind of field engineer type thing, carpenter slash kind of deal on this project in Las Vegas. And I was like, this is the worst shit I've ever done. What am I doing here? How did I, this is not what I wanted to be. Like this, this can't be the way to life. And right. so that was, that was one thing. The second thing was my mom passed right at, right around that same time. And she had, I mean, on her deathbed told me, Keith, she was 56. And she was like, basically, wow. man, I'm dying with regrets. I didn't become the person I wanted to become. I didn't do the things I really wanted to do in life. And I'm begging you that you do not let that happen. So I, I, I think there was an advantage at that point where I was like, I watched somebody I knew take their last breath and in it was telling me, do not live with regrets. And that was really what stirred me to like, okay, I got to find out somebody to teach me how to do this. And I bought an ebook, $99 ebook from this guy showing people how to flip properties. And there was a couple things in that book that made me, they answered the question that I had in my mind. Cause I'm like, well, I don't have any money. So how am I supposed to go flip properties? And he's like, well, here's the people that will give you money. And I was like, oh, wait, shit, there's people that will do that. And that's what I, I there was this question that caused a lot of doubt in me. And then when I saw the answer, I was like, well, I can do that. So it's kind of that, well, if that guy can do it, so can I mentality that a lot of us have. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, and I don't know if that's driven by ego or, or confidence or what it is, but you sit there and you think, wow, look at where all these people started. And almost this childlike awe that you see in the people that really push through limitations that have been imposed on them through subconscious beliefs or through what the world tries to feed us. I watched the Kanye documentary the other day and I'm like, man, sure. You could say what you want about this dude, but he never left fantasy world, right? He was fully, fully relentless to the fact that he knew he was going to create this reality for himself, regardless of what anybody else thought. And I just, think that that is something that gets sucked out of us at an early age sometimes, right? That childlike awe, that belief that anything is possible. Yeah. And it's usually because a lot of people are small minded and they want you to be like them. And and it was our parents. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like our parents were like, yeah, you can do anything because look at my life. I'm raising this. I have a seven-year-old daughter right now and we have mantras, you know, Yakis do hard things. Yakis never quit. Yakis keep their words. Yakis are great at coming up with games. Yakis love water, uh, <laughs> you know, these types of things. And so, but she literally watches me every day, go get in our pool. That's 50 degrees and float and sit in there and tread water for 10 minutes. And she watches it. And so subconsciously she's like, my dad does all this. She sees our abundance she has no idea. I just told her today, I said, you go to one of the best schools in the entire world. She goes, oh, I don't believe it. I'm like, oh my God. She goes to a Montessori like, school. Yeah. It's a Montessori school that teaches her that she can do anything she wants. She's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, dude, I didn't learn this stuff that you're learning in school. And I didn't have a parents. My parents did the best they could. So I don't, I don't hold anything against them. But they never struggled like I did to achieve something. And more importantly, become someone that I'm proud of myself. Mm. I didn't have parents that were like that. So she's getting a first, and that's, I feel like that's my greatest responsibility is to show my daughter, hey, all these people who were born lions have become sheep because that's what they've been taught. You're a lion. Don't ever lose your roar, ever. Mm. That's powerful. It really yeah. is. And I, I agree with that. I think I was blessed with parents that, you know, gave me that foundation as well. Mm. And you don't see it always when you're, you know, a young adolescent, right? There's a lot of things that you're blinded to. Um, but, and that's, that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I think, you know, sometimes it's good to put the blinders on and sometimes it's good to open up the perspective to everything. So it's all an ebb and flow at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you spoke a little bit about your mom and I've heard you talk about this topic. So I'm, I'm very interested. A lot of people will say time is our most valuable asset. Do you believe that to be true? No. What is? Energy. Energy. Because if you have all the time in the world, but no energy and you're a vegetable, then what's, what's use of the time? 
Mm-hmm. Energy is your most important asset. It's why, and that, and that's literally why I set my life up in the way I do because I want to have energy. A lot of guys they go to work Monday through Friday, and their weekends are their weekends off. I, I have a different view. I need to be as energetic as I possibly can for that seven-year-old daughter or my twenty-three and twenty-one-year-old sons that they come in town, or my eighteen-year-old daughter, whoever's here on the weekend. You're getting the most vibrant, best version of me. My wife deserves the best version of me when I'm with her all day. And so I like, I take my green drink more religiously on the weekends. I make sure I get enough sleep because I want to be fully vibrant because their energy, your energy is your reputation and your reputation is based off of your energy. And the one thing people know about me, if you, if you are in my presence, you're feeling energetic and the energy and the intention behind that energy is this. I think this is this is what makes a great person a great person. That people feel better about themselves after they've been around that person. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that no matter what, that dude Mason feels better about himself and what he can achieve and where he can go and who he can grow into by having met me and been around me and interviewed me than Mason thinking I'm cool. And I show up the same way. So energy is everything. And, and people can tell if you put your energy into something. And I believe that energy focused is the definition of attention. Ooh. Energy focused is my attention. All my energy is focused on this interview. You've got, you've got my entire attention. You've got all my energy focused. It's, it's, it's here. Yeah. It's not anywhere else. I don't care about anything else that's going on. It's here. And, and when you, and if I can give my real attention to my wife, or I can give my real attention to my friends, or I can give my real attention to my daughter. And it's why, like, if my friends are, uh, if I'm talking to them, they pick up their phone, which they don't really do anymore. I'll just be like, I'll wait. Like, no, 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 I just gotta do this. I go, clearly it's important. I'll wait. I'm not going to try and, uh, speak over that. Cause you don't have your attention. I'm not going to waste my words. Mm. It's, it's a standard I live by. It's why I don't pick up my phone when somebody's talking. Right. Attention. And, and that's something that is being grabbed at constantly in today's society. And it's, you know, almost created a culture of ADD, right? A culture of not being able to channel that in energy into a certain specific thing. I know uh, I deal with it a lot where I'll be doing one task and then all of a sudden I'll start doing another task and then another. T- I'm like, stop it, Mason. Come yeah. on, just focus on this one thing, right? Yeah. Um, so but it's not easy. That's not yeah. easy. It's really hard. It's a muscle. Attention is a muscle. Mm. Focus is a muscle, and it's not easy to get. There's certain things I do to train that muscle. Um, for example, I'll do my 10 minute treading, and my I, my my pool is cold as shit. Yeah. And it's it, you put your foot in, you're like, wow. But I go in every day for 10 minutes, and sometimes I'll be like, you know, you want to look at the clock and see. And I go, no looking at the clock, no music. We're going to sit here and enjoy this 10 minutes of being a savage. And I'll specifically do those types of things where it's like, you don't need to be entertained right now. Stop that. Stop that. Weak people need to be entertained all the time. That's why I'm never worried about competition in business ever. And I'll tell you why. I know I'm going on a rant here, but go with me, okay? Very few people can focus their attention like I can. And if somebody truly wants to compete against me in the marketplace and they are good, I want to meet them. Because <laughs> very few people cut from this cloth. It's not even cut from a cloth, but have forged themselves into be a focus machine. I want to meet them. That's a worthy opponent. I want a worthy opponent. Yeah. There's something to be said about having worthy opponents. Right. And and I feel like I'm one of the most competitive people out there. And so I think about, I heard someone say the other day, you know, your friends need to be the people you surround yourself need to be worthy opponents, right? Because they're going to push you. They're going to be real with you and there is no bullshit in between. Right. And I find that to be so true, you know, as I grow older and, and surround really focus on who I want to surround myself with. So what, what is to be said about that with the way that you've curated, you know, the people that you surround yourself with? My four, I call it, my, my philosophy is the four horsemen philosophy. And that is, these are the four best friends that I tell every one of them. And it's actually like six or seven or eight guys at this point. But, um, I just go, listen, dude, 
I want to have a coffee with you when we're 88. And so if anything gets in the way of us having coffee at 88, I just want you to know the answer is I'm not interested. I, I strike business deals with friends. I'm just, I want you to know if it ever becomes an issue between our friendship, the, the business deal is not interested. I'm not interested in me. I can make money without my friends. I've made a lot of money without my friends. I don't need to ruin a great friendship. And I look at a friendship as somebody that's like, do they inspire me? Do I want to be like them in any way? Uh, my buddy, Garrett J. White, who I surf with almost every day, who's become like my really best, best friend because I spend the most time with him out of anybody. His discipline has rubbed off on me like nobody's business, man. He was instrumental in the things that I caught from him, not even necessarily the things that he's taught, but what I caught by being around him. And, and I think, and I know, because he says the same things about me, about how I show up for my wife, how I show up in the world with joy, how I show up as just a really present dude has rubbed off on him as well. But that's what we, it, it, that iron sharpening iron is the thing. My buddy, Dan Martell, who's wildly successful in business, but a really great human being. He had this thing. He goes, he, this is what he said. This is the, this is the sneakiest, coolest thing ever. He goes, Hey, Is there that like one thing that you just wish I would know? You don't have to tell me. Don't, don't, you don't have to tell me. But is there like that one thing that I do or that one thing I did that just drives you crazy? I'm like, yeah, I can think of it. He goes, okay, cool. What is it? I'm like, you bastard. He goes, I, did, I knew it was there, but I wanted you to really believe that it was there. And he goes, I want to know that because it's my blind spot not seeing it. And you're close enough to me where you can see it. And I want to know it because if it's driving you nuts, it's driving other people nuts. And it's, that's, that's a blind spot. And I want to know it. That I surround myself with four or five or six guys that are like that. We want to know because I don't have an ego around anymore. And you already think I'm your best friend. We're already best friends. Or you wouldn't want, want to be my best friend if you thought I was a pile of horse shit. Right. No, you think I'm a great dude. But there's this, uh, with this rose, there's this thorn. And you're willing to tell me what that thorn is. So I don't keep pricking other people unnecessarily. It's mm. beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. Those are the people you want, right? That are, Hell yeah. They're not going to not gonna try and paint a picture of something that's not true. Exactly. And, I think and one of, yeah. it's a society. So in America, we live in a pleasure-seeking society. It's a comfort society. But tribes of old, warrior tribes, they were honor societies. You live by an honor. And if you, it was death before dishonor. I'm not going to lie to myself because that makes me a liar. I would I don't want to be a liar. And so it's guys you can be honest with and, and real with. And it, they have this same mentality of, hey, dude, I, I want to get better. Like all my best friends know my mantra in life, become my best or nothing at all. That's it. Hmm. And that's not make the most money. That is be the most attractive version of me where my wife goes, I want to fuck him. My daughter goes, I want to, I love my dad. I want to be around him because he's fun. Or my friends are like, dude, if I got one ticket and we're going to Ireland and I can't take my wife, but I can take my friend, I'm picking Keith because that's going to be a hell of a good time. That's what I mean by be the best me. Yeah. I think that's, you have to define that, right? You have to have the awareness of, of what is the best you, like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to other people? So I like that you have asked the question or asked the question of what do I do that is a flaw that maybe I'm not seeing subconsciously? That's the scariest thing to me is when you're having subconscious patterns, you don't even realize it. And then yeah. you wake up five, 10 years down the line and you're like, whoa, what? <laughs> I yeah. think that's one of the scariest things to me. Yeah. Yeah, man. I agreed. And people are so chasing significance they're trying to be like they're trying to be loved and the bottom line that i've learned as of the last 160 days is simple the, the day that changed my life was october 3rd and october 4th and i'll explain that here in just a second but i've now i can say with full confidence no hesitation because of the last 160 days i love myself i trust myself and I believe in myself and my opinion of me is the most important thing to me. It's why I won't cut corners, make modifications and, and, and delude myself. I'm something that I'm really not because mm -hmm. I'm the one who can look myself in the mirror and be like, no, you're full of shit or you're not. <laughs> what, what is this thing that changed within the last 160 days? Okay. 
Glad you asked. No. <laughs> October 3rd, I was in a, uh, one of my gummy tents and my gummy tent is very simple. I take 30 milligrams of THC gummies. I live here in California and I sit in this room or a room like this. I light a candle. I turn off all the lights. I play a special song. I pull out a whiteboard uh, marker with my whiteboard right here. And I say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. It's where I connect with my creator. I was telling you pre-show this is where I, 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 this is at six o'clock Sunday night. I'm in my gummy tent. You will never find me anywhere else. Uh, I've done this for 32 months straight, almost three years. And about a year ago, I launched uh, marriedgame.com where I'm teaching guys my process of how to become the most attractive version. So I, you know, guys can teach guys how to get their wives to want to have sex with them again. And it's been going really, really well, like financially very well. It's super fulfilling, very aligned. My family loves that I do it. My wife just thinks it's the best. She jumps in. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And the download came on October 3rd. Married Game will be as big as you want it to be based on your ability to discipline yourself. Hmm. And I instantly knew I've gotten kind of loose. I've gotten kind of sloppy. Uh, I'm super comfortable. And it's like, all right, the only, the thing that got me radically disciplined, you know, a couple of years ago, well, two and a half years ago was 75 hard. Hmm. Like tomorrow I start 75 hard. And on that journey, and I know to complete 75 hard, cause I complete before you have to flip a switch in your brain that says, I will complete this come hell or high water. I don't care if anything else happens. I will complete this task. And I learned what the word commitment really means. You commit to something, you do it. You don't make any modifications. And when you say you're going to do something, you do it in the time frame you're going to do it in. And that is what really caused me to go all in on me. I went all in on me on October 4th. Mm. So I don't know much about certain shows. I don't know much about what other people do on the internet. I don't even give a shit. Because I started taking inventory of what does Keith Yaki's life look like? What do you do on a daily basis? What is your, you know, I started caring about my numbers. So I started doing, I started eating really healthily, not so that people in the internet be like, oh, wow, you're doing that. I didn't even post about it at all until after I completed it. And I didn't even want to, I was embarrassed by my before picture. I'm like, how can a guy that's successful having things go on in his life look like that? And I was embarrassed. I didn't even want to post it. And so it was that day from here and I'm still a part, I'm now on phase two. So like I've lived this radically disciplined life that honestly was way easier than I thought it was. It wasn't like, I've got to make this big decision. No, you got to make micro decisions that are in your best, best in, in your best favor. And dude, my wife's like, dude, I trust you so much. Not trust in the sense I'm going to go cheat. She's not worried about that. It's like, I trust that when you say something, it's as good as gold. And that's where I came up with the phrase, when the trust goes up, the lust goes up. Ooh, and so I like it's, that. Yeah, it's this, this, and it's my audio and my visual line up perfectly. So I, the, the October 3rd, before I call that Keith the follower, even though I was a leader, now it's October 4th on, it's Keith the leader. And I'm not just a leader, I'm a leader of leaders. I, I'm intimidated by absolutely nobody. And I can tell anybody looking around the eye, just follow exactly what I'm doing. You'll get everything you want in your life. And I believe it with all of my heart. Mm. So that was what changed for me and to where I realized commitment means doing exactly what you say you're going to do. And most people can't do that. They don't love themselves enough to actually stop caring about what everybody on social media thinks and start caring more about what they think of themselves. That's one of the most mm. powerful things I ever learned, man. Wow. That's, that's very powerful. You spoke about being all in and it, I think that's a hard concept for some people to realize like, where's the line between a quote unquote balanced life between, you know, work relationships, leisure, um, and being driven and ambitious people that are listening to this show. They have some type of fire to learn. They have some type of fire to be better, right? They're this far along. How do you draw the line with balance of being all in, but making sure that you're putting water in the right buckets? Um, I kind of had to create a schedule for me for what that looked like. And I had to get re relentless about what I did. So for me, 
from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. is basically my time Monday to Friday. Um, I don't work on Mondays anymore uh, because Saturday and Sunday is not my day off. Saturday and Sunday is my time to be the kick at most kick-ass dad and husband ever, which means I, I go, we, I create ideas like, hey, what can we do as a family? Where can we go? Let's, let's do all this. Like, let's make this. This is life. It's epic. And so Monday became this day for me where I'm like, I need time with me. I need time to sleep in. I need time to read a book. I need time to, if I want to watch 300 or Braveheart, I'm watching 300 <laughs> or Braveheart. But from five in the morning till five at night, Tuesday through Friday, and it was Monday for a long time up until recently, that's when I, that's when I work or work on me. And when five o'clock comes or right around there, I'm, I'm dad dude. I'm with the family. I'm, I'm, and I'm all in on that. Like I, I just, I have my sectors where I'm all in on this and I don't want to piss away any of that time or that, and that I dude, we have so much time. When you do 75 hard, you realize you have time to do whatever you want, mm. but you're wasting it scrolling around, looking at doofus bird and full dodo heads <laughs> talking about stuff that doesn't even matter. So when I say all in on you, it's like, all right, what do you want to look like? What's the plan to achieve that? Okay, cool. You got to do this thing and everything else becomes second to that. All right, what does it mean to be a great parent? Well, this is what they looks like. All right, well, then I'm going to make sure that that's a part of my daily routine. Everything else is second to that. What's it mean to be just a great husband? Well, they do this. Okay, well, I'm going to do that and everything. So you have these little sectors, these buckets, like this is all that matters. There's plenty of time to pour into those buckets, but we wasted watching reality TV. We wasted, you know, finger fiddling through Instagram and, and, and Facebook. Like, did you hear about Sarah? No, I don't give a shit about Sarah because Sarah has nothing to do with my life. So I don't care right. anything about Sarah at all. Well, but do, but Sarah, I told you, I don't give a fuck about Sarah. Yeah. I care about Jesse. I care about Jovi. I care about my kids. I care about my close friends. I care about my clients and ultimately above and beyond that. I care about me. Yeah. That's it. Well, but dude, you live a boring life. Do I <laughs> watch it really closely and wish you had it? <laughs> wow i absolutely love it <laughs> did that answer um, the question bro <laughs> you did right hammer on the nail man it's amazing what what drives you where do you channel the energy from to you know be the way that you are today what are some things that have shaped you into the person that you are now i'm, I'm gonna be candid i've always kind of been an upbeat person um, so, you know, I probably just came, you know, squirting out of the womb, just like ready to party. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a Enneagram seven, which means I'm an enthusiast. So I love having fun. Um, business is actually not that interesting to me. If I'm being hundred percent candid, I've always built businesses to have enough money and freedom to do what I want to do. Uh, I don't even really like real estate. I think it's boring if I'm being hundred percent honest. I just did it because it was something that I, I was able to grab onto. I'm like, Oh, I can make a bunch of money doing this. But when the day's done, like, let's not talk about real estate. Let's, dude, I want to talk about partying or I want to talk about my life or when I was single, I was, you know, dating chicks, right? Yeah. I wanted to enjoy. So I, I have this thirst to want to drink in life. Um, it, it, dude, it comes, with its, it comes with its bad side too. You know, the enthusiast who is, is radically living life also can tend to be gluttonous, which is why it's not that hard for me to go 100 to 245 pounds you know, I, you know, right now I'm about 200 pounds of tiger meat wrapped in barbed wire. Dude, I can become <laughs> 245 pounds of doughboy with fucking nothing um, like that because I want to drink in life. And so I've had to get disciplined to not become just a total fat fuck who talks about being cool, but actually be really cool. So the drive for me, A, is life is really short. And I did, I, I, I had the, I say the fortunate, I, I, I hate that my mom died. I really loved her. She was, she was a, an amazing example of a hard worker. But when you go through that moment, you go 56, I'm 43. If I had four, if I have 13 years of life left, I want to be pretty wise about what I, I do with it. Right. Uh, there's another piece of me, Mason, that genuinely feels called by some deity, some intelligent um, creator that has said, Hey, I, I, I've got you're on a mission. Mm. I kind of feel like a Navy seal on mission. Like I'm on a mission and I don't want to mess around with a bunch of bullshit. 
And it causes me to be a little intense, but it also causes me to love to party too. <laughs> yeah. I want to have fun, man. That's, that's ultimately what I want to have. And I realized that being disciplined this last 160 days, winning, as my lad said it best, winning is more fun than fun is fun. So the feeling of accomplishment is why I do the 10 minute, uh, 10 minute thing is because it's something I don't want to do. But when I go do it, I feel super accomplished. I don't know if, 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 if this would resonate with a lot of people, but if they've had any big financial wins or they've had any big victories in anything, there's a feeling that comes with that. I feel that instantly after I do my 10 minute tread in the deep water, I feel that same exact feeling. I go, Oh, that feels good. I'm a savage. Nobody else will do this, but I will. So I get yeah. off on that. Yeah. There's something to be said about that. <clears throat> I think it comes back to that overarching theme of what you've pressed home here today so far about it's about you inside. Like how do you, you cannot fully give what you're supposed to give to other people wholeheartedly if you're pulling from reserves from yourself. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that comes with that. It's, it's pride in yourself that you had the discipline that you did this and that yeah. builds compound interest of, you know, confidence and happiness and joy in yourself that like, I'm doing this shit and I, I'm going to keep doing it. Right. Uh, positive momentum. I wish people could, this is the one feeling I wish people could have. And what does it mean to go all in on you and to achieve? I got six pack abs, bro. I look sexy as fuck, dude. (laughs) And I know it. I walked around the resort pool a couple of days ago. I'm like, damn right, dude. I, I was with Taylor Welch this morning and my buddy, Jeremy Finlay. And we're in the gym and I'm like showing my, I'm like, dude, look at these abs. Like, I don't care if anybody, if, 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 if they love their life, then they're like, well done. If they don't love their life, they hate me. But if you don't love your life, you're not my people. So what does it matter what you think anyway? Yeah. And it's living this living life out loud. I wish people could feel the confidence that comes from, I keep my word to myself every day. What was the transformation mentally that you went through? And how did that fuel your life in other areas when you decided to take control of your fitness, lose that weight? And like what you said, get what would tiger meat wrapped in barbed wire? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Dude, you, you, you become unstoppable. And it's the feeling, it's this feeling of power and, and power and attraction. Like when I teach this to guys, power and attraction are very, they're linked two together, but they're very similar. So if you look, if you think of attraction and our power, it, like a balloon, it's never just pop and goes away. It's the slowest leak in the world. And it just day by day, it slowly, slowly leaks until it's just this flaccid little piece of whatever it is. And it's the same thing. If you, if you think of growth and regression are imperceptible to the naked eye on a daily basis, you can't tell if you're growing or retreating on a one day look. It's, impo- it's, it's your naked eye can't see it. That's why you have to take inventory of where you're at every single day. Okay, here's the path to get to this. It's going to take two to three weeks before I notice anything different. And so I just, in my mind, I just go, all right, I'll check in in three weeks, but I'm sticking to this program and this plan to a T for three weeks. I'll look and see what happens at that point. Well, if you're doing the right thing in three weeks, you're going to be like, damn, dude. Okay. Look at you, little mister. Let's go. So people get discouraged because they can't see anything in one day. It's like, well, dude, that's, you're not supposed to see anything in one day. That's not the way it works. Mm. So the mindset becomes, oh, stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. That's it. Stick to the, we trust the process. Nobody trusts the process because nobody trusts themselves because you know what can be said about Americans? They're liars. Mm. Lying is totally like, okay. Every guy's trying to pretend like he's got a big penis. Not only got a big penis, and guess what? You don't have a big penis to, to pleasure your wife. But everybody wants to think like, oh yeah, I got a big penis. Why do you want to? T- why? Why are you lying about? It? Who cares? I'm a guy. I'm not going to suck your dick. So I don't give a shit if you got a big one or a small. One. I don't even care. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's in our culture to just lie about everything, everything. Or you don't have to lie, but insinuate. That you're something that you're not. For who? For what? I'm so over that lifestyle. That is, it leaves you 
at less than what you really could possibly do if you just owned up to the truth and said, I, I got some work to do. I got some work to do. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh, I'm okay. Well, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're 40 pounds overweight, motherfucker. So you can keep lying to yourself. Everybody around you is going to lie to you because that's what we do in America. We just lie to everybody. No, you look great. You got a great personality. <laughs> it's like, this is why having friends around you, they'll tell you the truth and be like, um, I had the blessing of having a wife that will tell me the truth. I want her to be brutally honest with me, man. Like, I, there's, I, Why? Because I want to become my best and lying to myself doesn't help me do that. Mm, powerful. You've, uh, I'm going to pivot here a little bit because you mentioned surfing earlier and you know, I, I was an athlete in my past life as well. I still like to think I'm an athlete and train like one and, um, try to carry all those habits that I created, uh, in that lifestyle. But there's one thing that I, there's a lot of things Let me take that back, but there's one thing in particular that I think about other than all the relationships in the locker room. And that love that you feel with, with the guys that you're about to go to war with, it was the flow state of the game, right? This ability to tap into something where everything else fades away and you are locked in and it's just tunnel vision, right? And it's something that if you can access that reserve in business and in relationships and all these other things where we can have that focused attention, that flow state, life feels like everything is just dropping in the bucket and falling into place. Right. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but surfing could be an outlet of that to you as well. Is that something that has been able to kind of like give you that flow state? Yeah. Well, you have to be radically present when you're surfing because you're literally nanosecond by nanosecond reading. There's so many things to read when you're surfing. Where do you got to be when the wave is coming so that you're in the right spot? Once you're on the wave, where are you in relation to where it's pitching? If you're trying to get barreled and come out of it, you're trying to hit a lip and air off of it. If you're, you have to read every section and every section, it's a nanosecond. Of, am I cutting back? Am I, there's so many things going on. So you're radically present, not to mention, it's just so much fun. Yeah. And then when you're doing it with your best friend every day, I feel like I have a zero period, you know, before I go to school, yeah. with my best friend. Cause we're loud. We yell, we go crazy. We're always cheering people on. We cheer each other on. Yeah. yeah. Like then we're having conversations. So you've got to be radically present of what's actually happening when you're in the minute. And it does feel radically flowy. Yeah. Is that a part of a morning routine? Do you have a morning routine that you stick to? Yeah, pretty much. I wake up, uh, I read 10 pages, 10 to 20 pages of a book, take a picture in the mirror. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll, I, my morning routine is I make my wife a green drink. That's one of the things that, I, you know, to be a great partner, I like to show up for her and like do little things. Um, and so then if the waves are good, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll run down. Uh, I live pretty close to my buddy. So uh, I either drive over to his house or we'll just, you know, we'll hit the surf. Uh, he lives right on the sand. I live a little bit up from the sand and uh, we'll surf. And then right after that, then I'll come back. I walk my daughter to school every day uh, at 820. Uh, after that, we then go to the gym and I get my fitness on. I don't have any, you cannot, nobody can book a call or talk with me before 10 or 1030. Just, it just, it doesn't happen. That's me time. That's my time. Sometimes I'll write my emails there. I'll think about my copy. I'll think about how we're trying to get the word out to uh, two men about how to become the best vision of the version of themselves. So mm. yeah, then usually I will take uh, sales calls or do podcasts or something about the business from about 10 to about five uh, with one caveat every day at two twenty. my daughter goes to school. I walk up a dirt path right to her school Yeah, and I take her home from school. And then, so that's a 10 minute thing out of my day. And then uh, everything else is business pretty much for that time. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I've always wanted to live close to the ocean. I feel like there's just a kinetic energy that that the ocean brings, and and I've it's my happy place. Anywhere by water, it's, it's incredible. There's something so peaceful about it. Yeah, the the it's. I grew up surfing my whole life. Mm -hmm. Wanted to become a professional surfer. Wanted to become a professional bodyboarder, and um, and I now surf the same. It's the whole reason why I moved back here three years ago 
was to be able to surf every day. I didn't realize I was going to run into a guy who would become my best friend. Now I, now because he's my best friend, I feel like I'm 15 years old again. That's awesome. You know, just, you know, those guys that you just hang around and you don't have to be anything but yourself. And you just, you talk shit, you have a good time. You're clowning on each other. You're just like, yeah. wow, you suck at surfing, but you know, he does it, but it's just fun to make fun of them. Or, you know, Oh, you ate it in the barrel. You almost came out. Oh, boohoo. You know what I mean? Like it's just, there's something about guys being around other dudes that can really, really, it, it's just, we like to challenge each other. We like to compete against each other. We like to be like, you, you, you know, I beat you on that, right? Like, I'm just saying, you know, you know, I beat you. We like that as guys, women don't understand it. And that's cool because they don't have penises. That's, they don't get it. It's not their job. For us guys, we like that shit. And so I've just really owned that, that it's fun. That's just, I'm going to be a dude. I'm a dude. I'm going to be an all dude. Yeah. What are some of the biggest things, you know, with, with married game that you have seen that have transformed a lot of your clients' lives? Because so many testimonials about men's lives changed and, you know, what are some of the big things that you see come up that really make a difference in their relationships? Here's the thing. This is the the biggest truth that I, I think we do is this is you got to become the most attractive version of you for you. Because when you're doing something for somebody else, there's this spirit of neediness and approval seeking. A lot of guys are, are seeking validation from their wife or they do things um, like, man, I, you know, I started doing more around the house. I bought her gifts. I said yes more. I you know, I tried to do all these things for her and they're like, yeah, but you reek of desperation because you're doing all of it just to get laid. And she knows that. Why don't you turn around and just do it because you're a good dude. And if she still doesn't want to have sex with you, then you get to make the decision from being empowered, not desperate and disempowered. Mm. You can flip the script and be like, dude, I, we have a saying in, in married game. I'm the catch of the county. If my wife leaves me, which she never will, never give a reason to because I, I love and adore her and I show up every single day to be the best version of me. But if for some reason she decides, hey, I'm out of here, her loss. But I can't say that unless I've done the work. It's why our program is a 90-day program to help guys become the most attractive version of them. And I show them with the five dials, how to become a better parent, a better partner, a better producer, a better player within their marriage. And how to own their power. That equals the provocateur. A mm. provocateur is a gentleman with an edge and a man who provokes his woman to lust after him. So you, it's not just knowing something or kind of doing something. It's who you become. I have become a provocateur. I know that I have a lot of options. If my wife left me, there'll be a hundred women at the front door saying, how do I become the next Mrs. Keith Yaki? <laughs> and that's not me like just tooting my own horn. I just know it's true yeah. because I've put in the work. I'm a great, great, great parent. I used to be a horrible parent, dude, like such a horrible parent. I mean, it was, my wife was like, dude, you're such a bad parent. I feel like a single dad, a single mom. Mm -hmm. And I don't even want to have another kid with you because you're so horrible with this first one. So I had to switch that. I was a horrible partner. She's like, I feel lonely in this relationship. Uh, a partner means like you're their best friend. You, you, you're actually interested in them, not be like, I better ask a few questions so she thinks I'm interested so I get laid tonight. That's ridiculous, dude. Uh -huh. it, but that's what's being taught out there. You should listen to nod more. Dude, if I had a friend hanging around me just listening to nodding, trying to get something, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. Women can smell this shit from a mile away, dude. And Because exactly. guys are just doing stuff just to get something. And they go, I don't want a transactional sex life. I'm like, well, dude, you're acting transactional. Mm. You're not, you're not invoking her to be like, dude, my man's awesome. Like I want to, I want, I want my wife to be wild in the bed. I'm like, dude, you're not even like, you're not even a wild dude. <laughs> what are you doing? What do you think? Like, I go, tell me about your, tell me about, you know, your, your, one of the things we teach about in the dials is how to be a better player within your marriage, which means dude, look good, smell good. Don't wear your dad's uh, three sizes, too big, you know, dress shirt and overcoat. Like get a tailor to tailor it, have some muscles, like have, be somebody going somewhere. And oh, by the way, take her on a date that actually sounds like fun. Yeah. Here, here, here's something that will instantly change your guys is, who is listening to this. They're, um, they're like, I'm like, hey, when's the last time you took your wife on a date? 
Like, oh, dude, like two weeks ago. I'm like, what'd you do? Well, we hit Home Depot, picked up some parts, and then swung by Chick-fil-A on the way home. I'm like, <laughs> Casanova. You're acting more like a construction crew than a, than a, a, a people dating, yeah. getting to know each other. So I, we have a new standard uh, for if you're A, I think everybody should go on dates. They should take their wives on dates the same way when they were back when they're trying to get laid in the beginning. There was a time when you got your wife's phone number and you're like wondering if, you know, she would go out with you. Like, remember those dates? Remember when you actually tried? Okay, go back to that. But here's the standard. I say the standard is this. If, if, the hot chick in high school reaches out to you on social media. You're single. She's single. And every guy knows the chick that they wanted to. Right. In high school, right. Like for me, it was Kristen Bennett. She was a cheerleader. So hot. Like, oh my God, if she would have even given me the time of day. I would have been like lost my shit. Right. And <clears throat> if she shows up in your DMs, like, Hey, it looks like your life's great. You know, we should get together sometime. You're like, yeah, I'll take you on a date. What would you do? You would make sure it's fire. <laughs> Why did you stop acting that way towards your wife? No wonder she doesn't want to get in bed with you and, and, and become this freak in the sheets that you're hoping for. Mm. See, you, you see that you see the, 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 the gist there is show up to be the best version of you. Mm. Everybody's like, I'm wondering why I'm not getting laid in my marriage. Like, have you looked at yourself? Have you seen how much effort and energy you put in? to making her feel amazing because she is amazing, not just to get laid, but to just for her to be able to say in her heart of hearts, I'm married to a really kick-ass dude and he turns me on. Yeah. And the last, the last, so the, the other dial is the producer dial. Like you don't have to be a millionaire, but be driven to do something. I was making millions of dollars and I was sitting, you know, popping Chipotle burritos like they were Tic Tacs on the couch. And my wife's like, dude, what happened to you, bro? Like, where did the, where did the guy who's going to take over the world, where did he go? And then the last one is the power dial. And that is, dude, do you seek validation from her? Are you doing all this for her? She can smell it. And neediness and desperation are the most unattractive thing in the world. And that's what this whole thing is about, attraction. She's no longer attracted to you. She says, I love you, but she's not in love with you. Mm. She, and here's the real easy way to tell. She doesn't initiate. She doesn't enthusiastically participate. Or she's more into the spreadsheets than she is the bed sheets. Oh wow! <laughs> I heard that one. It's that easy. If she's if any of those three things, she's just not attracted to you. That's it. She loves you because she doesn't want to break up with you, and she doesn't want to split up with you because she doesn't want to tear her family apart. But secretly, she's rooting for you to get your shit together. Mm. That's what a provocateur is, gentleman with an edge. I like that, gentleman with an edge. It's capable guy who's got something going on that every girl in town's like, damn, dude, if that guy ever becomes single, I am. I'm making my move on that dude. And the guy's like, oh, oh that's not me. No shit. That's why I'm not getting laid. That's not who I am. Well, no duh. Yeah. Well, that's just not, dude. The gazelle doesn't get to cry to its creator the lion's faster than me and it has sharper claws than me. It just either runs or it gets eaten. It's the reality of the jungle. Mm. Women aren't attracted to guys like acting like what I just des described. They are attracted to guys like this. If you want to get sex, she has to want to have sex with you and be attracted to you. If you don't want to be attractive, you don't get a girl to crave you. End of discussion. So you have to change. Well, I don't like that. Well, cool. Then quit crying to me about not getting laid. You know what I I'm love saying? It. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. But that it's, it's yeah, really is. So be the guy that a girl wants to fuck. What I love about, you know, and I think this is true today for so much of the coaching industry, right? There's so many of these guys or gurus who claim that they're good at this or good at that. And you've been through it, right? You just admitted there through that. I was a bad dad at this time. You know, I wasn't being the best to my wife. She wanted to leave me. I wasn't taking care of my health, but you took control of your situation, turned your life around. And then there's one thing I think Milet said this one too. There's nothing better than when you feel that change, 
when you have something that good, you want to give it to other people naturally. Cause you're like, Holy shit, somebody else needs to feel this. And that's what you did. And that is a coach that you have to be, that you want to be with. I call it the gospel and married game, bro. How, how irreverent is that? But that's what I feel about. She didn't want to leave me. She left me. So all this bravado and all this confidence that you see here, just FYI, five and a half years ago, I was the biggest piece of shit ever that drove my wife away. Mm. I've been through this because I wasn't this guy. Now I am this guy. That's why I talk this way. And I, I want to wake men up and be like, dude, it's you. If you and, the, and the beautiful thing about guys being the problem is they're also the solution. This would be horribly uh, depressing if I said, oh, yeah, you have all these problems? Good luck. Hopefully your wife will change. That's depressing, man. Yeah. No, here's the thing. You're the problem, which means you can fix it. You're the solution. Yeah, I love that. The hope of married game, man. That's why I call it the gospel, the good news of married game. I feel like I'm a, an evangelist apostle just spreading the good news. I love that. And it comes with the ability to not be complacent. I think that's where everybody gets stuck in the mud, right? And it's the complacency. You stopped acting like you were dating her. You stopped that fire of wanting to you know, do the kinky things or do the crazy dates or do the spontaneous events like and that's then it sizzles out just like anything else. If you stop doing the little things, then nothing else is going to happen. It's exactly right. Keith, that, what is, yeah, go ahead. That green drink in the morning. It, I just asked her the other day. I've been doing it for her for uh, whew, a while, a couple of years anyhow. And I said, Hey, when you still see it, do you still get excited? She goes, yeah, about 80% of the time. I'm like, Oh, he made it. Oh, I like, Oh, like, I like, Cool. If that ever doesn't become that anymore, let me know. I got to figure something else out to get you excited because I, I like getting you excited. Yeah, that's awesome. What is your definition of success? I would, I, I have two. Um, I, living life on your own terms in an authentic way that me, is meaningful to you, I think is success. Mm. Um, freedom. You know, I, uh, I don't have to censor who I am or what I'm about for anybody else uh, because I can make money this way. Uh, that's one. I think success to, to have a truly successful life is to help others become uh, better because of, they were around you. I, I think the true definition of success is people are better. Not only do they feel better about themselves, but they become better having mm. that. There's a lot of guys that are radically successful or whatever and you're around them and you're just like, it's all about them. And I don't think that's, that's doesn't seem really successful to me. Or that's not my definition. It might be theirs and God bless them. But I think it's just people are, you, you leave this place better than when you found it. That's success. And I think success is a continuum. It's, it's not a this or that. It's a, 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 on to which level of success. Um, you know, more money doesn't change my life that much. But pushing to become the best version of me changes it a lot. And in turn, usually the money follows that. Yeah, because you become more valuable. You become a supremely valuable man. And the men who are valuable uh, to the world get paid for their value. It's amazing. Keith, where can everybody find you? Where can they find married game, all the good stuff. Where can they, can they see what you're doing? Okay. So if they want to like dive deeper into this stuff, it's marriedgame.com, marriedgame.com. If they want to watch, I have a ton of videos on Instagram um, where I talk about this stuff and that's just at Keith on Instagram. Amazing. I'll put all that in the show notes, guys. Go check out Keith. He's doing some incredible work from a guy that's been through it. Right. Yeah. Those are the coaches you need to be engaging with. And Keith has done that on many levels. So Keith, thank you so much for joining the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mason, I really am honored that you had me, man. Thanks so much, bro. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another week. If you enjoyed today's show, the cost of admission is simple. You share it with someone who you think can benefit from it and then put it into action in your daily life. Check out Keith. Let him know what you thought about the show. 
Give us a rating, subscribe, all that good stuff, and have a kick-ass rest of your week.